Hi, you're listening to the Inside Family Law Podcast. Um, I'm Zoe Durand, your interviewer, and I'm here live at the AFCC um, conference in Sydney. Um, I'm very lucky to be talking with Timothy McMichael, who is a mediator um, who works primarily in New Zealand. Thank you for being with me today. It's a pleasure. Um, so look, I, I mean, I really wanted to have a chat um, about mediation in New Zealand, uh, w- the way you do things there, uh, you know, and that's the whole point of being at this conference is to learn sometimes about other jurisdictions and what people are doing around the globe. So do you have any thoughts about mediation in New Zealand versus Australia and, and what the differences are? Or? Absolutely. It's something that's uh, a real passion of mine. So both Australia and New Zealand both have formerly Family Dispute Resolution, also known as FDR, or Family Mediation, as part of the Family Justice pathway now. In Australia, FDR has been around in one shape or another since 1974. And whilst in New Zealand we've had differing kinds of family mediation, it hasn't been referred to as family dispute resolution until some significant legislative changes were passed in 2013, which brought about a very significant reform of the New Zealand Family Court in 2014. And with the reforms, the at the centrepiece of the new Family Court reforms was the introduction for the first time ever in New Zealand of family mediation. And when this legislation was implemented, what the Family Court was saying that in almost all cases, parties had to at least attempt family mediation before they were allowed to file an application in the family court. So that's you know, similar to here in a way? Like pretty, that, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much so. Both jurisdictions continually, or I should say continue to face the same challenges where people are still wanting their day in court and no matter how difficult both the New Zealand and Australian family court systems make it, people will often do their best to find ways around family mediation so they can go into that old-fashioned adversarial system because I think what we have in both jurisdictions is the belief that if you need to get a right wronged, then the place to do that is in the family court because you're wanting justice, you're typically wanting to see the other person shamed and humiliated, which of course isn't what really happens necessarily in a family court structure. Nevertheless, there's that belief that you can win and someone else can lose. And what both jurisdictions have known for many, many years is that, particularly when you're talking about families and the needs of day-to-day care, children, winning and losing is not going to be helpful in supporting either separated parent, really support and enhance and nourish the development of their children. So both countries are really glad that family mediation sits in such an important place within the family justice sector. So are there any differences between mediations, uh, like the, the mediation process in New Zealand versus Australia, or it's quite similar? No, there are. Well, in terms of how family mediation works, that's still pretty much the same, because at the end of the day, mediation is about bringing two people mm-hmm. together at the same time in the same place to provide an opportunity to identify differences and come up with solutions. That said, in Australia, within the FDR model, parties are allowed to talk about relationship end, day-to-day care matters and relationship property matters, whereas in New Zealand the legislation specifically says that you cannot talk about relationship property matters. And so a significant difference is that in New Zealand you're talking about day-to-day care, whereas in Australia you're talking about day-to-day care and relationship property. So that's one significant difference. Ironically, a further difference is that in the state-funded model in New Zealand, parties are allowed 12 hours of family mediation in each funding cycle, whereas in Australia parties are allowed typically three or four hours for their FDR. 
Another difference is that increasingly in New Zealand, family mediators deliver what's called sessional family mediation. And this is often described as the Rolls-Royce model of family mediation, which comes from the very early experiences in the 1980s and 90s in the, in the United Kingdom, which really was the leader in the development of family mediation. And the best practice there found that mums and dads, if it's a mum and dad, would always get better, longer-lasting outcomes if they were able to attend more than one family mediation meeting. So rather than sort of attending a mediation with your former employer, Employer, or maybe in a housing mediation when you're there to argue with your, um, with your former landlord or your former employer, get the dollars and you hope you never see them again. Of course, with family mediation, it's very, very different because the role of parents never comes to an end. And so what we know is if we're wanting to get sustained, better quality, long-term outcomes, the opportunity for mums and dads to be able to go along to two or three family mediation meetings, each one maybe 90 minutes or 120 minutes, over the course of three or four months, gives mums and dads an opportunity to come up with solutions, go away, trial them, get some feedback, maybe get some independent legal advice, then come back to the family court mediator for a second or third meeting, review them, tweak them before they're finally signed off. So um, you mentioned that there, that property mediations, um, they're not, there's not funding for those in New Zealand, but privately they must be done. Is that right? Yeah. Well, 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 actually, no. I mean, I mean, someone in New Zealand can go and see a private mediator so long as sure. they're suitably uh, qualified and ask for a relationship property mediation, but that cannot be used within the family court setting. So okay. they may well use privately funded or self-funded mediation to actually come up with heads of agreement. But if you're asking the family court to sign off in New Zealand, um, a relationship property outcome um, from the result of a marriage or de facto relationship of three years or more, um, the family court have to sign that off and that cannot be uh, managed through family dispute resolution at the minute. That's interesting. Um, in terms of, look, I know your focus is more mediation, but um, the court process in, in New Zealand, what are the, I'm curious about the court delays or the length of time. You know, okay. I know it's different in every case, but... Yeah, well, that's, that's a really good uh, question there, Zoe. So when the 2013 legislative changes came through, one of the intentions was that by requiring all parties to at least attempt to engage in family mediation, that would then free up court time for judges to work on cases that really needed their attention. For example, when you had significant parental alienation without notice, uh, removal from New Zealand, that sort of thing. So that was the intent. What's happened in practice so far, and we're now five years into our reforms which were introduced in 2014, is that parties are still trying to find ways to bypass the family mediation system. But we talked earlier about that ongoing belief that people still want to have their day in court. And certainly in New Zealand, and this is mirrored to a lesser extent here in Australia, what parties are doing is they're seeking independent legal advice and trying to see whether they can persuade a lawyer to make what's called a without notice application, normally on the basis that there's risk to either one of the grown-ups and or the children. And so rather than the family court judges in New Zealand having more time to deal with more complex cases, what in fact has happened is the family court judges have been spending so much time dealing with these, in some cases, unwarranted without notice applications that in fact the main work of the family court judging has actually slowed down. So at the minute we're going through a process where the Minister for Justice uh, about six months ago post our general election asked for a Minister's independent review of the 2014 reforms. That review has now 
uh, taken place and is now sitting with the minister. And we're expecting within the next six months some very significant recommendations to be made to the minister. And we'll be waiting to see which of these recommendations the minister is able to afford. So there are, the family law is in a state of um, change overseas, it seems, in, in New Zealand, I mean. Like yeah. there is, reform is impending. Yeah, so, so in both jurisdictions, both yeah. here in Australia, where there's the reform, or where there's the, there's the ongoing questions around mm. the Family Court of Australia and where exactly the federal court also sits within that. So mm -hmm. we too in uh, New Zealand are going through significant changes as well. Um, and I just wanted to ask as well, child-inclusive mediation, is that, do you do much of that work or not? Yes, indeed. So in New Zealand, all the suppliers of family dispute resolution are required to pay attention to the wants and needs of children, and we have to be able to demonstrate to the family court that we have ways of harvesting a child's thoughts and feelings or a child's voice in a way that is both age and culturally appropriate. And so we have become quite adept at that within New Zealand, but in a different way to the Australian model, where here we have um, still state-funded FDRCs, where whether you're talking about Relationships Australia, which is obviously the biggest supplier of FDRCs, where child consultants and child-inclusive family mediation is a little more established. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of the conference, um, I was speaking with someone else about post-separation parenting coordination. Have you, are you across much of, is that in, a thing in New Zealand? Is that being done in New Zealand? Or not Absolutely. Yet? So when the 2013 reforms were introduced in 2014, one of the requirements before parties could file an application in the family court was for them to at least attempt FDR. But the second requirement that was introduced was that parents had to absolutely attend a four-hour a parenting program called Parenting Through Separation. In New Zealand, we'd had Parenting Through Separation running for about 10 years very successfully. It wasn't a mandatory part of the application process uh, to be able to file in the family court. From 2014 onwards, parents had to not just attempt to, but had to successfully complete this four-hour program before an application could be filed. And we find a lot of the time, if parents are able to engage in parenting through separation, that's actually enough for them to get the support that they need to be able to try and see the separation from the child's perspective, which is the centre of the intent behind parenting through separation programs. It's been really successful. Fantastic. Um, and look, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Timothy, where, where, how do they track you down? Okay, probably the easiest thing would be to actually Google my name, Timothy McMichael. It seems that in most search engines... Google delivers. Google delivers, <laughs> absolutely. So it's a Timothy and McMichael. Or Timothy McMichael, family mediator, will find me. All right. Thank you so much, Timothy. Lovely to chat with you today. It's a pleasure. Take care now. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Bye. Cheers.